0: How's it going? Another post-void post. Uh, A little house cleaning before. I've been meaning to post the last, I believe, four episodes to the Facebook page. I'm going to uh, be doing it in sequential order. So if you happen to be listening to this episode and notice that the one that I posted was about Sunrise Hockey Kid, do not fret. I'm probably going to be posting these episodes in daily sequential order. I just happen to... Something's going on out there... Um I the car stopped. That's weird. Anyways. Oh no, they're coming for me! Oh no. Hey, something probably fucked up going on at the gas station over there. Anyways, um I hey that, that actually kind of ties into what I was gonna be saying. So nostalgia. Yeah, um this the topic of today is going to be nostalgia and the house cleaning i was going to say before is that i want to um post these in sequential order so i'm going to be trying to post each episode that i've just made daily just you know eh, i don't know i, I apparently that's like uh, a, a good marketing you know not marketing but fuck just like i'm not monetizing off this shit so who fuck cares yeah but um Nostalgia, and um, I, I made an interesting point earlier before you, you guys weren't there. Um, basically, about the fact that it—it's—you it, it, have to look at it. Um, I, I have a friend of mine that may or may not be a listener, and he um, tuned me on to a pretty interesting idea. I want to say maybe like six, seven years back where it's, it's just to focus upon generational uh, points. And this is before, like, OK Boomer and all that stuff. He actually called the fact that um, the newest generation was going to be extremely alt-right, because he was, like, he was, he was working off of some book, but also, I can't remember the name of the book. I wish I did remember the name of the book, but I can't off the top of my head. But um, either way, basically, on the fact that there's generational cycles, and that these generational cycles may or may not be natural, but either way, it's, it's a cycle that our civilization is kind of caught in. And it's like, I'm going to put it real bluntly here. And this is just off of my own cuff. This is, um, you know, like I'm, I'm going to admit I smoked a couple poles and I'm a little stoned, so it's kind of some stone thoughts here. I'm not trying to make this, you know, my more um, coherent post. This one's kind of a off cuff one. Yeah, uh, I know I say that enough too. Um, this one's kind of a willy nilly. There you go. There's a different word to be used. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. It's all a matter on the fact that, like, I believe that, like, late Gen Xers and early Millennials... Like, if you want... I, you know, honestly, I th- I feel like the... I don't want to say the time mark's 9-11, because that's, that's so fucked. It's stupid. It's so dumb to fucking make our society fucking held on to the benchmark of 9-11 and be like, Oh, well, any kids born after 9-11 don't know about 9-11. It's like... Ah, oh, come on! I get it. It was it was really sad. I get it. Like two thousand Americans jumped out of the World Trade Center. I mean, I don't know. I'm not rich enough to know anyone that worked. <laughs> I don't want to sound like an asshole there. There were a lot of secretaries. There was a day uh, a daycare in there for the people that worked there. And um, but I I mean, hey, I'm gonna say this right now, cause um, I'm I'm on a tear. Yeah, uh, I don't think I would have ever decided to work in the World Trade Center. Yeah, no, no. Like, if... if, No, no. I mean, I can't really say, like, oh, who, who would I have been if I was put in that position? Come on. Like, it... If you're working in the World Trade Center, it was already bombed in 1993 by terrorists uh, I don't know like necessarily the full story on that but I mean hey if you know you were somewhat ignorant to like you know deep state shit and were just was just a casual person that kind of knew about geopolitics it's like hey maybe I like maybe I'm a target here you know like the World Trade Center was a target also because of the fact of the fact like of the businesses that they conducted in that building. Like, come on now. That building had so much nefarious shit going on in there. (laughs) Manipulating so many things. Like, oh my god. It was the center of the IMF and the World Bank. It was basically their private arm. Like, it's not like you're gonna have... It's not like there was a freaking like... Yogurt shop like headquarters in freaking the World Trade Center. I don't know. Maybe there was I don't know Maybe that's a conspiracy too. <laughs> nobody talks about like the businesses that were in there, you know Like or nobody really bothers to even think about that. I don't know. Is that gruesome? Is that is that victim shaming? Uh, kind of actually um Because at the end of the day, I don't agree with like you know people like that dying in that way, and also, too, I've said it in a prior podcast, I do not think that there were, like, crisis actors jumping out of the windows, like, pretty sure those were real people, and, you know, which makes you think, well, I mean, I, for one, personally do believe that 9-11 could have been a little inside, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a fair amount of evidence to prove that there's been some sort of cover-up there, and there is a visceral reaction to most honest people that they just don't want to open up that wound anymore, you know, and I understand that, I feel it, and that's why I don't. Why I only made one 9-11 podcast, and I don't talk about it that much, and that's why there's other things that I've only made one podcast about and then decide to not talk about it that much again. Like, uh-huh. Um, some terrorist attacks that have happened in New England. Because the ones in New England apparently are the ones that we can't talk about anymore. Yeah. Um, this was all going to be a lot less doomy. And it was going to be about nostalgia. And it's on the fact that... It, the 90s kids have this overwhelming nostalgia and hey uh, one thing I've actually learned how to use anchor a little bit I'm gonna do a little side note here okay hey guys ready for my commercial break boom I know I have background music but still anyways so Anchor's really helped me out a lot. Um, I've been able to make my podcast and submit it upon many different platforms. Whether it be Spotify or um, some other one that I don't know about or some other one that I don't know about or Anchor. Um, I have put my podcast on many different platforms. And I've noticed that actually um, I should get an Instagram. I really, really should. Sadly, I do have a Facebook up, you know, I, I know, I may, I actually have not bashed on Matt, uh, Mark Zuckerberg yet, but I really should be bashing on Matt, Mark Zuckerberg, Matt Zuckerberg, Matt, um, who's that guy from Facebook, who's the guy from MySpace, who's, um, Tom, yeah, yeah, Tom and Mark Zuckerberg, fuck you, no, I'm just kidding, (laughs) um, well, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, you know, go eat shit, but, uh, um, Yeah, uh, Anchor's been doing me well. I've noticed that they make it very seamless and that I can cut and and edit a video. They do not really censor that much at all. I I haven't noticed any issues with me posting anything. Uh, I've posted some fairly controversial subjects, subject points, nothing, anything hateful or anything, but, you know, fairly controversially political subject points. And... They've never really given me an issue at all either. So I, I believe that Anchor, you know, kind of happens to follow the First Amendment, I guess. More so than a lot of other platforms. And they make it easy. Uh, the Spotify, I, I don't have time to operate my own Spotify account or on an RSS feed. So Anchor really... Is a good way for somebody if they want to really start a podcast and do it in a way where a podcast kind of is supposed to be done. Where you know, well, there's two different types. There's you have your researching podcast and you have your off cuff podcast. And I'm an I'm just a you know here I am shooting off the shit that's popping in my head. A blog, I guess. I don't know. I I try not to make it too much like a blog. I try to make it a little more informative than a blog. But, anyways, yeah, uh, Anchor's good shit, and on that note, I'll be right back, taking a quick break, because I believe I can figure out how to keep this going if I press stop. Alright, well, I'm back, so, going off to what I was saying before, I, um, before the, uh, the, uh, little snippet I did, yeah, I, um, believe that sorry about the ding there I believe that our generation well at least my generation um, anybody that you know like the 90s kids I feel like it's more accurate to say the 90s kids late 80s to 90s kids and that type of stuff like rather than or if you're even if you're a teenager in the 90s and stuff like it, that if you were within the 90s generation and not an adult that or the 90s decade and not an adult i feel like that there is a huge like they almost programmed us we were almost programmed to be just onslaughted with just like we never went to war we never went to war we we didn't submit ourselves to be fighting nazis in world war ii i have my own opinions upon that war i think it was all perpetrated by elites yeah hey <laughs> like, yeah i like most wars you know and uh like i i'm not trying to say that you know of course oh yeah nazis are bad i i know that you know but uh, believe me i've made podcasts about fucking people Worshipping Hitler like a fucking demigod... And, 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 ...and committing... Um, and, and, ...and having a, a fucking shrine... ...with him and Shiva together... ...yeah... ...it's called Order of the Nine Angles... ...yeah I know about this type... ...I, I know how it's transforming... ...like... ...but I'm saying... ...I understand... I, ...I can't imagine what it would be like... ...being drafted into a war... ...with all of my peers and then seeing all of them die around me like that's so fuck like it's something that i've always thought even when i was a kid i'm like that's so inconceivable i'm like it's you wouldn't be able to convince us to do that anymore like we just wouldn't be able to do that like we you can't draft anybody because it's just we won't do it just the society doesn't set it up anymore you know and if that ever happened again... I would I would cry complete bullshit... Because I would be like... Well what the fuck? You guys have enough fucking robots out there... You're talking about transhumanism... You're telling me you don't have enough robots yet to fight a war? <laughs> you don't have enough drones? Come on... Like... Shit... But uh... Um, to get on to the main point that I was talking about... Nostalgia... And... That I think that there is... The line shouldn't be drawn... The line should probably be drawn at smartphones. I don't want to sound corny when I say that, but the line is drawn at smartphones, I think. Yeah, maybe maybe around laptops, if you want to say laptops, I would, I would uh, humor that. Because laptops were like right when you, you first got a laptop, you know, like you got a tablet. Remember when tablets were a thing? Like, oh, dude, you got like you got a tablet. It's like a laptop, but it's like portable, and you can you can do like you can fucking do paint and Photoshop on it, and you could fucking DJ on it if you wanted to. Like, oh, I remember seeing this guy, Paper Diamond, and I really liked his stuff. He was like a like a chill, like you know. Now he's a little corny, but at the time, I was like I was like fucking twenty, and he was like a chill DJ he also put a lot of his stuff out for free, so I also like that as well, too, because, I mean, I I genuinely respected artists if they put their music out for free back then. I'm like, alright, so, like, you're just doing this for promotion. You're not even, like, you're putting singles out for free. Free download, boom, there you go. I'm like, alright, hey, it's fucking sick. Like, you know, like, back in 2010, when, like, Pirate Bay was, like, the big fucking thing, you know, like, it was cool when an artist just did it himself, so... Yeah, this Paper Diamond guy. I was like, I wanted to see him. I really wanted to see him real bad. And oh my God, I cannot believe I'm telling this story right now. And this is how I'm going to end this podcast. Because this is so... This is a great, stupid story. So, um... I, uh, buy a ticket to Paper Diamond. I'm like, oh, I like this guy, Paper Diamond. I've been listening to him. He's like, chill... You know, and I know he puts his music out for free, and I—it's I, twenty dollars at the Palladium, Palladium in Worcester. If you know the Palladium in Worcester, you probably don't. Um, it's really, or maybe you do. It's it's, it's a really cool opera house in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Massachusetts has a really heavy metal metal history. Almost any metal band that has made it has played in at the Palladium in Worcester and it's in Worcester itself is far different from Boston because of the fact that you would go to Worcester to see low key metal shows like that's pretty much like their scene and also icp which (laughs) icp's gotten real weird recently like they've gotten respect from like the commies and stuff It's cray cray yeah like antifa likes like icp now it's so weird yeah i know it's like a time for it's another conversation for another time so anyways um i buy a ticket to this guy paper diamond he was a low-key dj you know like at at least I thought and I'm like oh I don't don't know this other guy opening for him but um I did some research before I went to the show and I'm like oh I guess I did see this guy at one point in time before when he was in like his post hardcore band I'm like alright and this was in like 2010 I want to say like 9 or 10 and I bought the ticket and I didn't really do too much research before the show and I'm driving to the show, and I drive into the, to, to the Palladium, and I look over at the Bank of America ATM that's in the parking lot, and I saw a line of people, like a line of people in front of the ATM, and then some guy on a milk crate holding up tickets, and doing an open air auction, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I I drive up, I'm like, all right, just popping off, I you know, like I I could I could I already know, and I already tell. I'm like, shit. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, all right, something's going on with this show. Who the fuck's opening for the show? And I'm like, oh, it's Sunny Moore. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I know the guy from first to last yeah I've seen from first to last once when they opened for Motorhead like first band at the Palladium and I'm like alright uh, it's Sonny Moore's DJ thing okay I, is it that big what's going on and um I, I pull up and I park like up on this like weird cliff it's like uh, the palladium has this weird parking spot like across the street that's like on a cliff so it's like tiered parking lots like a parking garage but on a cliff and like, it's like a it's really cool actually and i'm like parked up on the top part of the cliff because this is whole place filled up now sold out show and these three girls walk up to my car and freaking i had one ticket I, I've had other situations like that like where I've had a couple and it's helped me out a bit but uh this one time I had one ticket and they were like cause I just bought it for $20 to see Paper Diamond oh sorry if it buzzed um and they come up to my car and they're like hey uh do you have an extra ticket and I'm like no but I have one cause I was curious about what they would ask me cause I just saw that open air auction and, $100! I got a 100 right here! And I'm like, thinking in the back of my mind, like, do I take this? $100 would be fucking nice for the show. I'm like, is this show worth $100 now? I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, wait, maybe this is a counterfeit. I'm <laughs> like, all these things are going through my mind, I'm like, yeah, no, sorry, I guess I'll go in. And that's literally what I said to them, and they were like, okay and then he's like walked away and I'm like all right I guess this show's worth a hundred dollars now all right so like I, I I go in uh I remember they checked my pockets and like obviously I wasn't trying to bring anything in but I looked in the box of the things like that they were they had a, there was like a, a weird just open box that they were throwing their compensate this confiscation co- confisc- that's what you use for the word, for the noun of the word. Like, confiscated items, right? Like, what would be the noun for that? Confis- confiscate. Confiscate. Yeah. So, like, the box of the confiscate was, like, filled with just blunts and tabs and, like, baggies of shrooms. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I, like, go into the... Sh- I, I, I peered in and saw, like the the light shining from the street light into the box and can see some of that shit and i'm like what <laughs> like, freaking they did that on purpose and i uh went into the show and paper diamond uh, i can't remember who opened but paper diamond came on i'm like yeah like this is who i actually came to see, pay the ticket for and um, but I did do some research on the DJ that was opening the headliner, which I will say in a couple seconds, and Faber Diamond's like, eh, ah, yeah, like he's, he's 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 spinning a set on an iPad. It was like his iPads were brand new at that time, so he like uploaded like Pro Tools or a Reason or something like that, or maybe even Ableton definitely not fruity loops but probably ableton to like his his ipad and he's like working on an ipad and i thought it was so cool at the time because i'm like oh my god that's like oh it's new tech and like and but then the entire time it was like screw licks screw licks screw licks screw licks and i was like shut the fuck up bros I'm like I fucking want to listen to this guy. He's chill, and they're like, "Yo, fucking Skrillex!" And like, yeah, and Skrillex came on, and when Skrillex came on at the Palladium, oh, bro, I was I was near the front anyways because of freaking Vapor Diamond, and Skrillex comes on, and I believe he started with Roughneck bass or something like that, and uh I I. Yeah, yeah, he did start with Roughneck Bass, and I knew the song, and it it has, like, I knew when the bass hit was gonna happen, and I was in the front, I was on the guardrail, and I was holding onto the guardrail, because people were trying to rip me off, like, they were grabbing my waist, trying to, like, rip me off the guardrail, and I was grabbing onto the guardrail, like, you know, I don't know if you know, actually, yeah, it was pretty hysterical, yeah, um... So, but anyways, I was I was holding both my hands, white knuckled, onto the guardrail while I was getting ripped off the guardrail by like uh, nameless hands, and then are you ready? Are you ready for the roughneck bass? Boom! <laughs> like that part, and like I know this that sounds really antiquated, but like I mean, it was wicked heavy back at the time, and I thrusted into the fucking guardrail and I'm like on the fucking guardrail of the show and I'm getting my ribs crushed and I pull my arms in and I like use my my elbows as as um, a buffer for my ribs so my ribs do not get crushed by this crowd that is trying to push forward into the barrier. And yeah it was, it was an interesting time yeah i know nobody got injured for my knowledge even though skrillex has killed a lot of people also there have been deaths a lot of them actually uh huh oh nostalgia nostalgia on that note i'm gonna let it go i'm probably gonna do a nostalgia part two but I wanted to just tell my Skrillex story at the Palladium. That one was a fun time. It was a fun time for me. Oh, yeah, I've had a lot of times like that. Uh, Maybe I've bit some bullets. Maybe I've been dancing in some graves. Uh, Not graves, like active deaths. Ooh. Not to my knowledge, actually. I don't think I've ever been at a concert where somebody actually died. Unless, like, unless, like, like, ...you can consider Camp Bisco... ...because maybe they swept them some things... I know. ...who knows? Uh, ...I don't think they... ...did... ...maybe... ...I don't know... ...who knows... ...um... ...don't question it too much... ...don't cancel the past... ...uh... ...the, the future is what we should be concerned about... ...okay... ...yeah... ...and... ...also to... ...progress... ...is all a matter of perception... Bye-bye!